Well, it's great to be here tonight. I hope, hope everybody enjoyed some time over Christmas with family and friends. And it's been, We've had Austin and Brianne with us all week. Austin said before church, he says, it's just like I'm in high school again. I've been here all week long. And I, knew, I knew it was, felt like high school this afternoon. Um, Lisa and I were talking. It was about noon hour, and he knocked on the door. And I haven't had a knock on the door when we were having a conversation in a long time. So um, we've been having a great time. And Mama and Papa went home yesterday because they had a Christmas party at their, at their home there in Linden. And now Miss, Miss Odom's crashed. So pray she recovers and strengthens. Um, she just probably overdid it over Christmas. If you're watching, Mom, I love you. We miss you. Um, so we've been, have, we've been having a good time. And um, so I've got, a, I've got some thoughts tonight on a message. Um, you know, on, on Sunday morning, I talked about the wonderful counselor, the wonderful counselor, Jesus. He is wonderful. He is mighty. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. He's a wonderful counselor. And we looked at the fact that his counsel from this book is perfect counsel. We looked at Psalms chapter 19. It's perfect counsel. We also looked at the truth. He promises to give you the counsel you need. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. So he, he's going to pass it out generously. He's not like, this is my... You know, this is my patented secret. I'm not going to let it out. I'm not going to show it to anyone. Um, you know, I, I've talked to Brother Robel and Brother Austin. Sometimes when you work with a tradesman in Vancouver, they don't want the people that, that do the labor work to learn how to do their job. They want to they protect all their secrets because, um, you know, they want to keep their job, and they don't want to share that job with anyone else. Well, God's not like that. He, he, he wants to pour out his wisdom. And that's the whole book of Proverbs, is God just offering wisdom to the world. And so he's very generous with his wisdom. We also learned that, the, um, that he will never make fun of you or insult you. He won't make fun of you or insult you when you come to him with a question. Uh, the other day we were talking to Adrienne and I, I, I teased her about something. And she goes, it doesn't bother me when dad teases me. But she said, it bothers me when people are passive aggressive. And, and that's kind of what upbraiding is. You know, they, they smile at you, but then they say something really cutting. Um, and, and, and they're aggressive, but it's done in a passive way. And she said, I can't really handle that kind of um, teasing. But our God, he never... He never teases us or makes fun of us or insults us if we come with a question. And, you know, if you say something like this, I should know better by now. I've been a Christian for so long, I should know better by now. Guess what? God still isn't going to insult you. He's still going to be merciful and helpful if you come to him with a sincere question. And th then we looked at the fact that he deals gently with the broken. We looked at that verse in Matthew. He won't break a bruised reed, and he won't put out the smoking flax. 
Those are symbols of weakness. And Jesus came to lift those people up. So if you're weak, you're a great candidate for, go for God's help. He's not going to look at you in your distress and go, oh, I'm going I'm to snuff them out. You know, I'm going to kick them when they're down. You know, that's not the heart of our God. And, and then we looked at the fact, um, where can we find this counsel? We can find this counsel in the Word of God, in the Word of God. And, you know, Pastor Tyler preached an excellent message last week about, about reading the Bible, about the treasure we have in the Word of God. And let's, let's take advantage of the new year as a resolution to Miss Emily. I'm going to lose some weight. <laughs> Miss Emily's been merciless to me at parenting class this, um, this semester. Um, but um, I'm going to get that Lose It app out, and um, I'm going to try to lose some of this weight. But it's also a great time to get, to get reestablished in good biblical habits, like reading the Word of God. And ask the Lord, Lord, what kind of schedule should I have this year? And if the Lord's silent, then try to read through the Bible in a year. But if the Lord guides you in a different way, just try to be consistent with that path. Um, one thing I've admired about my wife's walk with the Lord is she, she, doesn't, she doesn't compare her walk with the Lord with other people's walk with the Lord. And she doesn't get, is it feeling bad? She doesn't get feeling bad if, if Miss So-and-so reads her Bible twice in one year. Um, it doesn't make her feel bad that she takes two years to read her Bible because that's what she feels the Lord wants her to do. And so you've got, you got to seek the Lord. You've got to seek the Lord. Um, and so I think I'm almost done. I'd have to read a lot tomorrow. I think I'd have to read all of Zechariah and Malachi tomorrow to finish the Bible in the year. Um, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do next year. But the beginning of the year is a good time to make, to make some plans and to ask the Lord how to plan. And, you know, the Bible is like, a daily reminder of God's wisdom. You know, a great habit, you've probably heard this habit before. I'm not currently doing it, but a lot of people suggest reading a Proverbs a day. Whatever day of the month it is, read that proverb. And, you know, Proverbs is like steroids of wisdom in the Word of God. And, you know, let's be honest, some parts of the Bible are hard to understand. Does anybody agree? Sometimes I read another part of the Bible, and then I go to Proverbs so I can understand something. Yeah, are you, Pastor, you read the Bible and you don't understand? Sometimes I read the Bible and I don't really understand what's going on, especially in some of those minor prophets and major prophets. And, and sometimes you'll scratch your head and go, I think I heard something about that in FBI. But um, um, any of, any of you other FBI students, you learned something really good in FBI and you wish you could remember it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, it, it doesn't hurt, does it, Brother Kennedy, to go through it again, does it? And you still forget a bunch of it, right? Yeah. Um, so we, we have the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us who lives inside of us. We have the local church, the local church. And we have the family of God. We have the family of God. 
You know, sometimes people outside of the church that love God have impacted my life. Um, Pastor Lunsford, he impacted my life. He wasn't part of our local church, but he's part of the family of God, and he made a difference in our life, didn't he? And um, Brother Wayland, he's the one that um, he, he used to pastor in Camano Island. He's a, he's a sweet man. Um, he's in his 80s. His second wife is, has cancer. Um, but years ago, he had a mental breakdown. He was pastoring this church, and it grew to five or six hundred people, and he was... He was work, he's working himself to death, trying to make everybody happy, and he just, he just cracked. So he, he went to um, North Carolina to a retreat center for, for several months for recovery. And while he was there, God laid it on his heart to build a home on property he owned so that he could make a sanctuary for, for God's servants to come and and just refresh themselves. And so um, he's turned that ministry over to someone now. He's like 85 or 86. He's probably still mowing the grass, you, would you think? But, um, you know, he's not part of our local church, but boy, oh boy, he's been an encouragement to us, hasn't he? And so God can, um, um, God can use... God can use your wife. I appreciate all the wisdom and help my wife has given me. And God is just so, just so good to give us what we need. Just so good. And we also learned that, that God's wisdom um, and counsel is a gift of grace and mercy for all people. It's a gift of grace and mercy for all people. It's available for all who will seek it. And we concluded last week that pride is our greatest hindrance to receiving God's wisdom. As soon as we say, I've got all the answers, then there's no way. Well, there's ways that God can change us. Sometimes he chastens us. And then we hope. Oh, Okay, I don't have all the answers. And so um, I read something recently or listened to something recently that, oh, it, it, this, this is really, it, it just left my brain. It is important, but I forgot it. Um, oh, it'll come back. It'll come back. So, here, here's, a, here's a question to ponder in your heart for, for a moment. What's the most important thing in 2024? Now we're, what is it? Someone might say, Pastor, it's getting this building. That's the most important thing. And then somebody might say, oh, that's not that spiritual. Probably the most important thing is winning souls. That's probably the most important thing. Ah, the most important thing is reading our Bible. You know, we're all finite, right? So we're very limited. And so sometimes we category life like that. You know, if you're unemployed, like a, f a few weeks ago, Nahal might have said, the most important thing is that I get a job. 
you know, if, and if I wasn't working, that would be the most important thing. I'd get a job, okay? Um, or at least that would be at the top of the list. And so as humans, you know, that's how we categorize things. But with God, he's infinite. He is infinite. So you know what's just as important to God as our need for a building? Probably 10 times more important, 100 times more, is your heart and your growth. The Bible says that his purpose in your life is to conform you to the image of Christ. There's 8 billion people in the world. Is God that concerned about me? That's the amazing thing about God. He's concerned. You might, oh, you're the pastor. God's concerned about you. No, God is equally concerned about you. He is equally concerned about every human being, equally involved in their lives, and he wants what's best for them. You know, sometimes the soul winning is, is overwhelming because when you see billions of people in the world and you see our limited results, sometimes it's like, are we getting anywhere? I am always encouraged to know that God works 24 hours a day and he works when we can't see him work. And when you, when you encounter, you know, I was, at, I was at Metro Town. It's probably not very, um, you know, my wife was there. She loves me. Brother Rob Bell wouldn't go to Metro Town with me on. You know, he said, Pastor, whatever you want for Christmas, I'd like to, like to do something for you for Christmas. I said, Brother Rob Bell, would you go to, would you go to Metro Town with me on Boxing Day? And he almost died. And, and so you know what he did? He took off for Seattle. He, he, he escaped to Seattle. Anyways, I was at Metro Town, no Brother Rob Bell, um, but I was doing secret videos. You know, I, was, I, propped, I propped my video up, and as people walked by, I was looking at my phone, but I was really videoing people. He said, what were you doing that for? Well, I want some good video of how, you know, how, how diverse our, our, and I was up there on the second level by the body shop. Purdy's is down below. On, it was a beautiful sight, Rob Bell. There were so many people, you couldn't even see the floor down below. It was awesome. So I was taking video of that. Um, I don't know what Brother Josh or Brother Andrick will choose for that, but um, you know, God works in, in all those people's hearts. And, you know, sometimes people will have these kind of comments. They'll say something like, how could God send someone to hell who's never known him? The fact is, people lay in bed every night of their life and people think about important things. They don't always think about important things. But I guarantee everybody's considered, where did I come from? Where am I going? God works on people's hearts. And as Christians, he has, a, he has even more of an interest in us because he lives inside of us. And so as we go into 2023, uh, 2020, let's do 20, no, I don't want to do 2023 again. I'm glad to be out of 2023. 2023 was, 
10 million times better in 2022, but I'm glad 2023 is behind us. 2024 is before us. Uh, but God is interested in each of you, and he wants to counsel you. He wants to change you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to love you. He wants to make you more like Christ. And um, because he's infinite, he's working on you just as much as he's working on me. He's working on everybody. And I just think that's, I just think that's a beautiful truth. Now, I, I, I have an application of Sunday morning's message. Um, uh, something that's helping me in my heart. And it's something that my wife has helped me with. And so it may be a help to you. Um, tears. Crying. The emotion of tears. There's probably some in this room, your testimony, I never cry. There's probably some of you, I cry all the time. There's probably some of you that, you know, I haven't cried in years. And um, what do we know about tears? Now, I wish I had a great sermon about all the mentions of tears in the Bible. There's a lot that I have to learn about this. I'm just, I'm just talking about um, something God is exposing and, and, and helping in my heart. Um, you know, when I, was, when I was a child, I cried a lot. Um, I especially cried a lot when I moved to live with my dad and I missed my mom. I cried a lot. But I would say since, since I was in college, I haven't cried as much. But sometimes, sometimes I cry. And now, this is, this is really transparent, but, um, you know, my wife and I have been through some deep valleys, and you all know about some of those deep valleys. And, and sometimes, when it would make sense to cry, I wouldn't cry. I kind of felt like something's broken inside. I should be crying right now. And then there's some other times when I cried when maybe it didn't make as much sense to cry. Do those tears, is there, now, I'm not an actor, so I, I can't like, okay, I'm going to cry now. Now, if, if, now, I'm sure there's some people that can use tears and manipulate people with them, like, like they can turn them on and turn them off on purpose. I've never... I've never tried that or attempted that. Don't confess if, you, if that's the way you use tears, okay? Especially if you're single and you want to get married. That would not be a good thing, okay? Um, but, you know, I, I think tears are a reflection of something going on in the heart because you usually don't ask for them to come and you, you don't turn them off that way. So tears can't be easily created, they are a reaction to the inner workings of the heart. And I want you to think through these reasonings, and you might have some other reasonings that people cry. 
I would like to hear if I've missed any, and I'm sure I have, but tears can be a response to deep pain, both physical and emotional. You know, you, know, you, you fall off your bike, and you tear up your legs and your arm and your head. You might cry, especially if you're a child. You're going to cry a lot. It's, it's natural. But tears can also be a response to deep pain. When, when your heart is broken, tears can come. Tears can be the response of gratitude and thankfulness. Sometimes you can be overcome with thankfulness and tears can come. Sometimes tears can be the response of empathy towards someone else's pain. And we see that often in the Lord Jesus. When he was at the funeral, he wept. Um, you know, I, th I think it would be a great prayer to pray. If you say, Pastor, I can't cry. Or it's been a long time since I have cried for any reason. Maybe we should ask the Lord, Lord, sanctify my emotions. Maybe our emotions are broken in some way. Sin breaks things. Sinful responses break things. And so I think God wants us to be whole. And one of the, one of the things of wholeness is the appropriate, you know. I wish I could say that when, when I think of souls, that it brings tear to my eyes. I, I would like to have that response. I, is something broken? God, I, will, you, will you fix it? Will you help me understand? Will you, will you work in this? You may, you may have a similar, a similar feeling that something's not right. Sometimes that Sometimes people that have experienced deep trauma, they've hardened their heart to feelings. And, and they, they'd rather harden themselves than to admit that something is hurting on the inside. Tears can be the response of deep repentance. You know, when, when I was in the hospital, I wrote out a letter of repentance. And I wish for so long, I wish I would have wept. But something, something wasn't, I knew I needed to, I wanted to, but the, something wasn't right here. Tears also can be an expression of self-pity. And when I reflect on my childhood, I think there was genuine... Genuine sadness because I miss my mom, but I think it turned into poor Russell because of all of these things I have to go through. And that's different than sadness. You say, Pastor, you think too much about all this stuff. I'm just, you know, I don't, I don't know. But sometimes tears can be the response of getting caught. You know, someone's trying to, you know, smuggle something across the border and they get caught. Now they're bawling their eyes out. You know, go to, go to a nursery. You know, go to, a, go to an elementary school. You, you might find that happening quite a bit. 
Tears can be our response when we don't get what we want. When we don't get what we want. That's what a tantrum is, isn't it? When a child has a tantrum, they didn't get what they want, and they, and they bawl. Tears can be pity for someone's, someone else's helpless condition. I believe, I believe when Jesus looked on the multitudes and wept, he wept for their condition. And tears can be used, they can be used to manipulate. People, some people can turn them on and turn them off. Is there, is there any other reasons you can think of tonight that people cry? I didn't Google it, so I'm Googling it here. Anything you can think of? So recently, Lisa came to me, um, and she asked me some great questions about my tears. I said, why does she do that? Because she deeply cares about me, and she wants what's best for me. I think there was a time when, when sometimes her heart was hurt because I, have, I would have tears for some things, but I wouldn't have tears for the way I hurt her heart. And I couldn't figure it out either. But we have a wonderful counselor. So if you ask God, God, I can't figure this out. Now, the answer doesn't always come immediately. Sometimes it, sometimes it takes six months. Sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes other things have to be sorted out before you will listen. But if we really ask, God will give us, he will give us insight. And so she, she's not a very good stick figure drawer, but she, she drew this stick figure. It was really good. She had, so, so, so sometimes my response when, when someone um, is good to me, Sometimes my response is a tear. Now, sometimes I'm not 100% sure what motivates that tear. I think sometimes it might be because I'm truly thankful for that person's love. But I think some other times it's, it's motivated more by a, a self-pity. And when you reflect on your heart, the Lord may show you, you know, that your motivation was wrong. You say, God, I didn't, I didn't choose to cry. It just happened. But is there something underneath it that's causing it? And so she, she drew the self-pity face, and then she, she, she drew the worship face. And so here's the scenario. Someone is good to you. Someone is good for you. Good to you. Or someone is kind to you. And folks, I am so happy to report that amongst the Metro Baptist Church, the Anchor Baptist Church, BIMI, all of my friends, all of our supporting churches, I have not had anybody write me a mean letter. Not one person. Not one person. 
Sometimes independent Baptists are accused of being unkind and hard. Well, there may be some of those out there, but none of the ones I'm connected with. Praise the Lord. And, um, and so, so, so sometimes I'm overwhelmed by, but sometimes you've got to guard your heart. You've got to watch your heart. Because I think there's two responses to this. There's the self-pity and feeling sorry for yourself response. And this response is rooted in a pride. And it manifests itself in these kinds of feelings and thoughts when someone expresses kindness toward your situation. It can be a response of feeling self-pity. Feeling self-pity, feeling sorry for yourself. Followed closely with the feeling of, poor me, poor me. And the heart can say things like this. Now this all may happen just like this. It may be a latent feeling that you have. It may not even be thoughts that you premeditate. But here's some of the things your heart may say. It's about time they saw me and helped me. I've been suffering, but now they've seen me and they've helped me. Or now they see how important I am. Or now they are finally giving me what I need or deserve. I need this pity. I need this love. Or now they see my hardship and feel sorry for me. Those can be responses to the kindness of someone towards your sin and towards your situation. And in that case, the tears, they become more of a testimony of meism, a testimony of how good, how tender-hearted and touched the person is, rather than a testimony of the grace and mercy of God. There's another response. How do we respond? You know. You've hit the bottom. You've done the unthinkable. And people are kind to you. Well, here's the, here's the worship response. Worship, joy, and even tears of joy are rooted in humility. And it manifests itself in these feelings and thoughts when someone expresses kindness towards your situation. You know, I don't deserve anything, nothing. And any kindness I received is undeserved. You know, that's what we are as sinners. We don't receive grace from God because we deserve it. We receive grace from God because of his love, because of his goodness. Here's another thing. The person that has a worshipful heart feels unbelievable gratitude that God or anyone would help them. We should be full of gratitude, not self-pity. Gratitude that someone would help them, that someone would be that merciful and kind. The heart says in these situations, I need to thank God. I need to thank this person for their kindness. I am unworthy of this kindness, but hallelujah, God is blessing me. 
You see, in, the, in this situation, God gets the glory. The sin is made small and God is made big. But in the situation of self-pity, sin and circumstances become big and God becomes smaller. In, with this attitude of art, I will be excited and worship my God because he is so good. And I will refuse to feel sorry for myself or wallow in self-pity. My wife's been passing a book around to the Sunday school workers, the youth workers. It's called Dory. Here it is. Dory, the girl nobody loved. If you've read it, raise your hand. I read, I read the sequel to this. It's a book just as big, talking about her sexual abuse. She doesn't even mention it in this book. And it's, it's a terribly sad story. But what would you, what, how, would you, how would you summarize her spirit? I haven't read that book. God loved her. You never sense in her book, poor me. Everybody should feel sorry for me. You sense she has a great God. And it's only a great God that could get her through what she went through. And so even though it's heavy, you leave reading that book victorious. Because she approaches her hardships and her difficulties with a praise and a worship for God, with a humility, rather than a self-pity. Do you cry? What do your te tears say about your heart? I never thought about it until my wife asked me about it. So you can ask Jesus by yourself, what do, I, what do my tears mean? Are they tears of gratitude or are they tears of self-pity? Are they tears of empathy? That's a wonderful thing to have tears for. Are they tears because you're really genuinely hurting? That's okay. Only God can really answer those questions. And maybe only someone really close to you could could even help you with that situation. But you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And if, if something's messed up in your emotional makeup, why don't we ask God to heal us there? Oh God, I thought we could only pray for healing of broken arms and cancer and that sort of thing. No, we can pray for the healing of our broken hearts. And what I'm learning at 53 is everybody has brokenness in their hearts. So I, I read, the, I read the, red, the, the Red Book by Dory on sexual abuse. I told my wife, I said, I don't want you to read it. My wife's been through sexual abuse. I don't want it to cause trauma in her life. Um, but people are broken. And... We don't always show it at church. We don't always show it at church. We put our good face on, which there is a principle in the Bible 
about bearing other people's, ye that are strong, bear the burdens of the weak. But sometimes even in our strength, we have broken places that God wants to heal. And so ask God to heal those broken places. And, you know, don't be too proud, men, to get help from your wives. Wives, wives have a pride problem too. Don't be too proud to get help from your husband. Don't be too proud. They know you better than anyone. And, um, and remember, sometimes the ants, you know, my wife's been asking me this question for a few years, maybe a couple of years at least. But the other day, the Lord gave her a revelation, and she, she wrote down, she wrote this really ugly stick figure and this really ugly stick figure. But she wrote some very profound things that helped my heart. It was the wisdom I needed. And, and the spirit was a spirit of, I want to help you. It wasn't a spirit of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what's wrong with you so I, so I can be right and you can be wrong. That wasn't the spirit. And so we have a wonderful counselor. Read it every day and he'll counsel you. Talk to the Holy Spirit. He's in you. A local church is your primary spiritual counselor. But then sometimes God provides other people from the family of God. And so let's ask God to sanctify our hearts and sanctify our emotions and heal us. Father, we're just broken people. But you're a wonderful God of grace. You're a wonderful God of, of healing. Lord, someone gave me a plaque when I was at my lowest point. It said from Psalms 23 that you restore the soul. Lord, you know I looked at that plaque many times and thought, I'm not sure, Lord, if you can do that. But I'm so thankful that I'm beginning to feel restored on the inside. And so, Lord, I pray you'd give hope to anybody that's full of depression or anxiety or their marriage is a mess or their finances are a mess or, or they're a mess and they have no, they have no idea why. I pray you'd give them hope. And I pray they would humbly seek your counsel. In Jesus' name.